Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Mick Murphy of The System. Please don't disturb this groove. Stay right here with the teddy bear on LOTL Radio and the rebirth of the quiet storm right here at www.lotlradio.com.
bring it back just a little bit with GQ. <laughs> I do love you. In the zone of LOTL Radio, we sincerely apologize. Had some technical difficulties, but you know what? Music cannot be held back. Quality and substance. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Speaking of a beautiful thing, on a very <laughs> tranquil, uh, yes, Lord, Monday afternoon. My goodness, we are just moving right along through the month of January. We got a lot of great music. And speaking of great music, my goodness, gifted songwriter, award winning songwriter, the incredible. Mr. Gordon Chambers is going to be blessing us this afternoon as we have a pleasure of debuting his new album, Surrender. So what we're going to do, we're going to be like he bring good things, no, bring great things to life. Get on the public sex phone and give him a call. Let's see what we can do here. Hello. Good afternoon. Let's speak with Gordon James, please. This is Gordon. Gordon, this is Teddy Bear from LOTL Radio. How are you doing? I'm doing good, but we have a bad connection. I can't really we hear do. you so great. Okay, yeah. let's see. Is that a little bit better? That's a little clearer. Yes, sir. Okay, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for your patience. We've uh, worked out the kinks and the technical aspects, but we're ready to go. First and foremost, congratulations on a wonderful new album. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Okay, I'm, I'm with you. Thank you again for the, for the compliment. Oh, yes. no problem. What I wanted to ask you, as far as your songwriting is concerned, how have you seen yourself grown as far as comparing what you're doing now with Surrender, going all the way back to Love Stories and also with Sincere? Right. You're asking, the question is, how has my songwriting grown? Is that what the question is? Yes, sir. I think that every album, you know, the first album was introducing Gordon Chambers and then Love Stories and then Sincere and then now Surrender. Um, I think every album became progressively more um, autobiographical, I would say. Um, And the first two albums were more so songs. Some songs were more of my own personal, you know, experiences. And then some songs were just me, more so me as a songwriter, you know, releasing songs that I thought were strong songs for my demographic but I think as I got deeper into the journey as an artist and and more as a performer I bec- it got to the point where I wanted to sing more music that was more true to my life and Surrender is a very heartfelt and very honest you know album it's interesting that some of the songs on this album are songs that I wrote, wrote many 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 years ago like even in college and a little bit a couple of years later out of college and had never released or never sold you know never had them either released by myself or by any other artist and i kind of just went back into the fault and said you know that's a that 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 song is a good song and now is the time for me to share that song so that was kind of what happened on the, around this project yeah absolutely the connection is just kind of going in and out. It's going in and out. Let's see what we can do here. Well, I'm working okay, on this sir. Little bit. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can, sir. 
Okay, that's better. Now, what I what I was saying was is that one of the things that I find so amazing about your songwriting is that you've had the ability to basically show a lot of vulnerability in your music, and I think it's very rare, especially being a man, because we have a tendency to somewhat micromanage our emotions and feelings. So, how is, how have you been able to transcend transcend your journey, to, you know, your personal journey through music? and being able to establish yourself as far as being an exceptional songwriter? It's so hard to hear these questions, unfortunately. Like when you're speaking, the, um, the, it, it just, sometimes it's clear and then sometimes it gets unclear as you're speaking to me. But I think you were saying something about the vulnerability of my songwriting. I think that's what you wanted me to address, correct? Yes. Okay. I mean, I think that... that you know, I have become more increasingly vulnerable as a songwriter with on my solo work. And I think part of that is because I think that the older I get is the more, you know, joy and pain and sunshine and rain that I've lived through. And um, and it, it has the ability, life experience for me to look into the window of people's eyes and souls and see what they need, you know. And, and, um, and I think that people need healing music. You know, I think that um, I think I've been given a gift, not just of music, but a gift of healing. And I'm, I'm grateful that I've been able to use my, my gift to, to make music that has been a healing source for people. And even the records that I've had that have been hit records were, you know, I Apologize, which was about, you know, forgiveness and Missing You, which was really a song that was um, a, a, um, a song commemorating someone's, you know, death. So I looked at my own work that I've written, you know, for other artists, and I said, you know what? Here it is that that when God granted me the 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 platform, and 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 you know, songs of mine hit the charts. They also spoke to the hearts of the people, and um, I think that we're living in times where people need even deeper music like that because these are these are these these are hard times you know these these can be dark times we're living in in the world you know there's a lot of fear there's a lot of division there's a lot of um you know you know the churches you know we church, people are not going to church as much people are you know, people are looking for a way you know a way of something to believe in some hope to hang on to and i hope that this album hits hits people where where that need is well, absolutely. Is that a lot better? Can you hear me a lot better now? I'm sorry? Can you hear me now? Hello, sir? Hello? 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 Hello, Gordon. Can you hear me? Um, yes, sir. Oh, is that, is that better? We're coming through a little bit better now. A little bit, yes. A little Okay. <laughs> okay, how was that? What about now? It, I'm, I'm just trying to work with it. 
blessing you know i i just loved songs as a child um you know grew up in the 70s so i listened to the motown and and the um you know and the stacks records and all the great you know pop song singer songwriters of the 70s which was people like um you know everybody michael franks and ricky lee jones and um simon and garfunkel and you know just great in the 70s, you had great, great songs on the radio. You know, you still heard the 60s songs on the radio, and you had all these fabulous music. And I I listened to it very intently as a child. I was never that much into playing with other kids, really. <laughs> I loved music. I loved, you know, I started playing classical music at age seven. And by the I was age of eight or nine, I was teaching myself to play Stevie Wonder songs on a, and figuring them out by ear. And then I just started writing music just as a childhood hobby. And it was me just trying to imitate or emulate what I was hearing and what gave me joy. Um, it just was a childhood hobby. And and then when it really took, you know, as you've described so beautifully, a healing um, mission was one of my close friends, Danielle Morton, in high school was murdered. And um, I was so deep in pain from the whole situation, and I did not attend her funeral. I was in Jamaica with my grandparents, so I missed her funeral, and I didn't have a chance to say goodbye. Then I wrote a song called Always Be There, and uh, I went to a little local studio and recorded it and presented it to her family. And when I saw their reaction to it, I knew that I had found my calling in life because I could see how the song could have healing for even a grieving mother who had buried her own child. And from there on, I think I continued to write, and then it just became clear to me, not just that I should keep writing, but the kind of music that I should write, and that I needed to go deep, you know? It's interesting that you mentioned about the 70s, and yeah. music, something, being able to communicate, relay emotions to people that were yes. horrific times, whether it was civil rights, unemployment, you name it. We always had the radio to turn to because we were always fascinated with the stories. And the stories oh, yeah. Because very, yeah. Stories become very personal to you. Do you think in today's music industry, do you think the art of storytelling, the art of songwriting has been yeah. somewhat on the back burner and not respected in the way it should be revered, the way it used to be revered. I think that, you know, 
I think we're in a period of music almost like the late seventies, early eighties, when we had the disco era. <laughs> which, <laughs> you know, the early seventies, I can remember, you know, songs like the staple singers, "Respect Yourself." You know, if you don't respect yourself, ain't nobody gonna give a hoot. Come on now, you know, so, you know, stuff like that that were fun. They were party songs. They were hit. They were hit songs. They were danceable records, but they had a message. But I don't know. Somehow, somehow, towards the end of the seventies, I don't know what. The oil prices were bad, and the the you know the, the terrorist bombing started happening, and I guess there was just a lot of fear. People just wanted to dance. I mean, everybody danced, shoot a doo doo, clap your hands, clap your hands, you know. And you know, it, the interesting thing about some of that dance music, though, is it was very well written. I mean, if you listen to like Young Hearts, you know, Run Free. You know, some of the some of the those dance records were beautifully construct beautifully written and constructed. But I think we're in a time now where a lot of music is like what you hear a lot of mainstream commercial music is, is very much like it has that ear candy vibe of dance. I don't know, people are just, you know, in, 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 in pain in there, you know, or just they want an escape, but it just seems like they just wanna dance. <laughs> so <laughs> And, you know, hey, and I'm not knocking it. I'm not knocking it at all because that's a form of therapy, too. But I think right. what I'm doing is a different kind of therapy. I, I'm providing music that makes you that makes you think, you know, that, that makes you – I, I, I want to provide heart and – you know, not just soul music tempo-wise, but heart and soul music that's going right. to give you a, another kind of escape, but a healing escape. Not Absolutely. to forget you – not to forget your problems, but to actually – give you some insight into your problems so you can heal from your problems. That's what I think my mission is. <laughs> well, you know what, Gordon? Let me tell you, first and foremost, you have really made me feel extremely old, man. We're both 21, but my goodness, when you start to name us, <laughs> when you start to name us, it was a mess. Am I taking it back? Oh, freak um, out. Let's see. <laughs> Fashion is cyclical. Times are cyclical. Even politics are cyclical. Now we're into a, poli- a political scene, which is like the Nixon era. So things are just, you know, culture changes, fashion changes, music changes. It's all just cyclical, you know. And um, and we always need music. That's the one thing. Like, we always need people. Always need music. Whatever kind of music it is, they need it. I'm privileged and proud to be a musician because it's something that people need. If you've ever been had a had a car ride, a long car ride, say from state to state, on the highway, and your radio breaks down, you'll know how much you need some music. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> this is true. This is absolutely true. Uh, for those who are tuning in late, shame on you. With the Teddy Bear Bunch, forgive me. We'll be joined by the incredible Mr. Gordon Chambers. As we get lost in this new album. So I'm gonna tell you something. This young lady that you worked with on Imaginary Lover, Miss Carol Riddick. I have Does loved she this sing? woman for oh my god, I've been in love with this woman for quite some time. Quite some time. Bro, Bro you ain't not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you it's like she's just sushi to your wasabi, man. You guys just you match beautifully. 
together. Thank you. Basically. Thank you so much. It's interesting I'm because you know I have Layla Hath- I have Layla Hathaway on the album and Eric Robeson, who are both you know a bit higher profile than Carol. But when I tell people that I have Carol on the album, I don't know if it's that support of the underdog thing, but people are like, "Woo, that damn Carol!" You know what I mean? It's like people love Carol Riddick. I've known Carol since since the 1990s. I met I've known Layla since the 90s, since the early 90s too, but. Carol had a record deal on Motown, and I worked on her a song, some songs with her, for her um, around the same time that I was working with Dave Hall. Dave Hall is the producer that I wrote "If You Love Me" for Brownstone with, and you know we wrote songs for Usher, Dave and I, and for Phyllis Hyman and Jade and many other acts as well. But Dave and I also wrote some music for Carol's album for in Mot for Motown Records. But she never she had a record deal, but the record was never released. So I met her years and years ago. Then, of course, she went on to doing backgrounds for Hillside for many years. And then, you know, now she does, of course, is busy as a solo artist, but she also tours with Will Downing. So she's been somebody I've known for years. Has always been sweet, sweet, one of the sweetest, kindest people you ever want to meet. And that voice, when I mean, that woman's voice, it has layers to it. It's like... It reminds me of, it has that sultriness and that sexiness and that thickness that Phyllis Hyman's voice. It's such a unique timbre and texture, you know, and it was like, when I was doing the song Imaginary Lover, I had recorded the song already by myself, and I went to one of Will Downing's concerts and saw Will do this duet, nothing, he, Will sings with Carol. It. I saw Carol, and I said, i got to find a place for this woman on my album. And I said, you know, she can be the imaginary lover on the song, Imaginary Lover. And if you know that she doesn't sing really a verse, she's more like, she's more like the imaginary lover that I'm singing to. But, but even though she's mostly, you know, like a full duet, but just her presence on the on the on the song just takes it just to this other place that's my that is the most even when i listen to surrender from beginning to end that is the emotional highlight of the album for me that's when i get the goosebumps and chills is that is that part of the album she sings love her you know what the way that you just described it almost comes across as a real news I'm sorry. This particular, I said the way that you just described it, it comes across that she was almost being used as a muse to music. Yes. In that particular yep. single. I'm, it's, it's getting a little bit harder to hear again. Okay. Did you say? How about now? Okay, it's coming in and out. Say that one more time, sir. Well, I said the vibe that I'm getting from you, the way you just described that particular single, working with her, it comes across she was your muse on that particular muse. single. Yes, yes, she was like a muse. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Well, let's get into some, uh, <laughs> some soulful songs and music from the incredible Mr. Gordon Chambers, Imaginary Lover, featuring the incredible Ms. Carol Riddick, Arizona yes. of LOPO Radio. But only grab it 
imaginary lover from the incredible Gordon Chambers featuring, yes, Lord, the captivating Miss Carol Reddick from his new album, Surrender, available everywhere as we speak. And we're sure to get all the latest updates. Make sure you stop by Gordon Chambers' official website. That's at GordonChambers.com. Gordon, you've done quite a bit in your life musically, man, and I can't believe you've only released, what, a total of, what, what three albums, I believe. And um, your songwriting gets better and better and better. Do you ever get, I mean, when did you find as far as, you had an opportunity to do a lot of traveling around this world. Is there any particular country, city, or possibly state that gives you more, how should I say, more, um, as far as something that you can compare to that helps you with your songwriting, that you gain a lot more of, what is the word I'm looking for, that in, inspires you to write? Um, I don't, no, not necessarily. It's, it's not, it doesn't necessarily come from the places I've been. I think it just comes from life perspective. You know, um, it, it's not necessarily the places. I can write a song anywhere at any time, but I think it's the it's your your life experience and your life perspectives on experiences is deepens with time. I think that's what it is. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, man, I think it's that I you know I, like I said I'm 21 and I'm gonna say that once while. So man, it 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 does my heart good to know that we still have songwriters, exceptional songwriters out there. Like yourself, who really take this art form very seriously. Um, your music and songwriting is everything. It's a part of your, it's a part of your makeup, who you are. Um, yeah. For you, how do you use it as therapy for yourself? Because I know the music business is we put an emphasis on business. It can be you deal with a lot of tyrants in this industry. Unfortunately, how have you been able to maintain a balance and just keep everything on an even keel? That's a very good question. I, I have a great family um, that live here. I'm lucky that they live um, with, you know, very close to me, so I see them often. And, you know, family keeps you very grounded, you know, no matter who you are and, you know, what quote-unquote amazing thing you've done, you know, when you go home, you have to just, if they tell you to put out the garbage, you put it out. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a beautiful thing. I, it's a beautiful thing. You know, um, to just put out the garbage. <laughs> um, <laughs> it really is. And so I am glad for that. I'm glad for a spiritual life. I'm glad for my church, Emmanuel Baptist Church in Brooklyn, where I go and to get spiritually renewed and refreshed. And I do visit other churches as well, sometimes as a singer. But I think, you know, family, family, faith. And food. I love to eat a good plate of food. I love home cooked or a good restaurant. Food fellowship, family, and faith. Those the, the five fours keep me grounded as a person, and um, and that's and and that that's what music is really all about to me. Yeah. The last time we on here, and you had just released "Sincere," and I didn't get a chance to ask. I said, but I'm going to ask when we got on. When sure. are you at any time are you ever going to put out a gospel album? Well, Surrender is Surrender is very close to a gospel album. If you really right. listen to it closely, if you listen to it closely, 
it um it 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 is an album about faith. Um, it, it's about perseverance and faith. So I think it's there. You listen to it very closely. All the songs struggle with 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 and hoping for. You know, if they're not directly mm-hmm. come to God, then they're, they're they are then he is in the backdrop, so to speak. But I do think that I I do want to do the full gospel EP. Surrender people are really reacting to the lack of the album from many, many people that they love the, the title cut, I Surrender All, which is the one gospel cut on this album. And from Sincere, the cut people loved was Lead Me. So it seems like on every album I put one gospel cut, and those cuts seem to really grab people's attention. So that may very well be the next important change project. It very, very well may be. Thank you. Thank you. I know how close you are as far as your spirituality, and it's it's, 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 it's incredible. This business can really take a toll on you, man, but you it have can. managed with, with the grace of God. You've kept everything in balance. You've kept your head above water. You've always yeah. been positive about your music. I mean, it reflects. And because we go through our ups and downs, our trials and tribulations, so it's like you come out on top and you remain humble. Because I know when you have people constantly telling you how great you are, how exceptional you are, but as you said, when you go home, right. you take out the trash and just go it. Yeah. <laughs> and when people tell me how great, <laughs> when people tell me how great I am, I tell them how great God is, because Absolutely. He didn't have to choose me. He did not have to. I was just a kid in New Jersey, playing little playing little piano lessons, and I didn't have any uncles in the business or godfathers. Nobody. I didn't know. He made a way for my dream. He made a way. It was a childhood passion, and he made a way in many ways. He made a way through music teachers who took an interest and supported me, and even some gave me free musical lessons after school. He made a way for my gift, and I never, ever take that for granted because it did not have to have been me. There were many, many people in my town growing up that were brilliantly talented songwriters and singers. It did not have to be me, and I never, ever, ever take that for granted. And I love spending, spreading that message when I go to speak to young people, and I give God all glory, you know, all praise for it because it did not have to be me. And, you know, it's interesting because I, I you know, of course everybody was talking about Anita Baker's recent tweet where she said she retired. And I thought about it, you know, I mean, it was Anita Baker who really recorded, I apologize, that was my first, you know, first really major, put the song that really put me on the map. You know, I met through Phyllis Hyman, who I began, who became like a musical mentor to me. I met producer Barry Eastman, who was producing Anita's I Apologize record. They had a song that they had started and you know, she, it was it was an, a rough idea. Barry presented the little idea that they had began and said, if you can flesh this out, I'm going to try to pre- present it to Nita. She heard it. She loved it. She recorded it right away and it changed my life. But I read, you know, a couple of weeks ago where she tweeted that she was retiring. And I was like, wow. In my 25 years in the music business, you know, um, Whitney, of course, who was a mentor to me, you know, who I wrote music for her, but she's the one who really told me that it was time for me to go ahead and, and, and record as a singer if that was what if that was what, you know, the spirit told me inside to do that I should go ahead and go for it. But Phyllis Hyman, we know what's called home, you know, this world and the struggles of this world 
you know, got to her, and she departed in 1995. One of the girls from Brownstone, you know, of course, they recorded my first radio hit, If You Love Me, which was sampled by Tory Lanez two years ago, and it became another big number one hit again, all over again, out of the blue, name Say It, in the in the new hip-hop version of it. But one of the three young ladies in Brownstone passed. Maxie died about a couple of years ago, and then I written, wrote music for Gerald Laverde, and he passed, and... You know, and um, Whitney passed, and and then Anita Baker, my first fairy godmother, sort of beat, who recorded my my lyrics. She she's she's still in the land of the living, but has has declared to the world that she's retired. It just was amazing realizing that in my little time in Odyssey here, you know how many people I've worked with that that are either gone to glory, or have you know have just said enough is enough. And Michael Jackson and Prince. Because I was signed to Prince's first publishing company, Paisley Park. That was my first p- publishing deal. And then Brownstone, who was signed to MJJ Records. That was the first song I ha- ever had that was on the radio. So Prince and Michael are gone. It was just when I really thought about this the other day, I'm like, wow, people have gone, come and gone. But, you know, as as Crosby stills and Nash said, the big wheel's got to keep on turning. And the proud Gordon is keeping on burning, and I'm still rolling and rolling down the river. And I do it now. And Luther. And Luther, of course. How could I forget Luther? Not someone I worked with extensively. I interviewed him when I was, when I was a um, journalist. Before I became a full-time musician, I did interview him once, and I sang background for some of his recordings. I did not, can't say that I really worked with him. But being in the business, I, you know, I spent time with him over the years, not extensively, but you know, always completely admired him. My role model in every way, as a singer, as a songwriter, as a, um, you know, as a, um, as a concert performer. I mean, to go to, I mean, I remember going to Luther concerts in the '80s. I mean, first of all, there was a show in the audience because when you know, Luther was coming, the show was not on the stage. The, the show was in the audience. Yeah, because when, it, when Luther announced his tour dates, I remember in the 80s. You know, I'm 47 now, so I remember in the late 80s when Luther announced that he was performing on tour, people started getting their outfits together for four five months in advance. And when you went to a Luther concert, you were dressed from head to toe, baby. So Luther's, Luther's excellence you know, I mean, when you put on a Luther album from beginning to end, it was if the music was sparkling. You know, the mixing, the background vocals, the lead vocals, the just pristine. And he was always a role model to me in terms of just musical elegance and excellence. So I count him amongst my musical mentors. And he is, of course... Not, I can't say that we ever became friends, but somebody I greatly, greatly, greatly admired. And it was interesting. I sang last week at a function for Martin Luther King Day, and the last time I had been to the, it's a very famous church in Manhattan, the Riverside Church. The last time I had been there was to Luther's funeral, and um, it was just amazing returning there to sing, you know, there where he had been funeralized, and you know, of course, at his funeral it was you know Aretha sang and Stevie Wonder and. You know, all the, all the greats were there, and just, you know, I sang on that same piano where Phoebe had sang and, and where Aretha had sang. It was just quite an overwhelming experience at many, on many, many levels. So 
I say this to say that many greats have gone, come and gone, and I now do what I do in honor and of the legacy and keeping their legacies alive because these are people whose music I heard as a child. You know, and, and in my early, early in my journey, I heard their music, and I was just a kid dreaming of meeting an Anita Baker or meeting a Luther Vandross, meeting a Michael Jackson, meeting a Prince. Not even this. I mean, to dream about working with them was a, was a dream beyond a dream, just, just to shake a hand and to Absolutely. know that I had a chance to, to, to work with all of these great people. It's just, it's, it's, it's truly amazing. And what I do is I try to give that same encouragement and love and light to younger people in the industry to let them to let them feel that same feeling of hope and inspiration that I that was extended to me in, when in my years of coming up in the journey. Absolutely, you know, I can concur with that because I look at it every day and say, you know what, I have to pinch myself a lot of times. So, yeah, because it's very rare that you have people actually. It's very rare in life that you have an opportunity to really truly do something that you love to yes. do. And to sit up and do this now for going almost close to eight years, having the opportunity to converse with great artists like yourself, I pinch myself all the time because I sit back and I say, wow, I have an opportunity to, to speak with Lord. Now I have an opportunity to speak with all these fantastic artists that I grew up listening and admiring from a distance, mm-hmm. and I get to do this every single day, and it's definitely a blessing. Yep. As I've always said to you, this is definitely your home. And I said, man, as soon as you know, music comes out from me, I can get in contact with my PJ, and I said, hey, look, get Gordon on the show. We need to get him on the show. We need him on the show. We can't, we can't, we can't mm-hmm. do our show. And you and I having some music from Gordon Taylor's, man. I just wanted to let you know from a personal standpoint, man, I love what you do. I highly respect your integrity. Um, you definitely have a gift. Whatever you need, please do not hesitate to let us know. And, I'm, and one thing, man, you need to leave from, from the NYC and come down to Texas sometime and perform, man. We'll be love. Where, are you, where are you guys based again? We're in Houston. We're in Houston. Oh, you're in Houston? Oh, yes, I love Houston. I've, I haven't been to Houston to perform in a while, but... I will probably be coming there, you know, this year. I'm for sure, and I'll let you guys know. I've, not, okay. I've done many. I've done some shows at the um, at the Red Cat with Sam Pink. So, oh, beautiful club. And people who are from the Red Cat Jazz Cat, beautiful club. The, the acoustics are beautiful. The people there yep. are lovely. And remember, family, yes. the new album Surrender is available as we speak on iTunes, Google Play, and also on Amazon.com. And to get all the latest updates, be sure you stop by Gordon's official website. That's at www.gordonchambers.com. Got to ask you before we leave, the Gordon Chambers of today, if he could step back in a time machine and go back 15 years, what would the Gordon Chambers of the day tell that Gordon Chambers 15 years ago? What would you say to him? Let me see. What year was 15 years ago? What year? We're in 2017. So 15 years ago was, you know, because time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into yes, the future. Yes. There you go. So 15 years ago, so that was 2000. Um, what year, what, wait, what is 15? That would be about 2002. 2002. What was I, where was I in 2002? What was, what was on my mind? What was I doing? You know, 2002 was the first, was, that was the year in which I worked with Whitney, actually. That was when we worked on her Just Whitney album. That's what I remember. That was... 
I worked with Whitney and Aretha um, those particular years. And I think I had moved into my house um, and I had just renovated the house. That's what, that was what was going on in my life in 2002. That was a good year. I mean, every year that you, every year, every year is a good year. You know, just every year to be alive, even the difficult years are still good years because it's just a, it's an honor to just, that God has given you and granted you life. Right, absolutely. Yeah. If you could, you know, if you could have an opportunity just to sit down and have, say, a fifteen twenty minute conversation with yes. Whitney, what would you say to her? I would ask her how heaven is. I would ask her. You know, a 15-minute conversation from heaven, or if she was back on, what do you mean? From heaven. You just sit down and just, just have a conversation with her. If I could call her. her on heaven. Yes, well, I'm Lord. not ready to go to heaven yet, but maybe if I could, <laughs> maybe if I could go. Okay, so if I went to heaven for 15 minutes only and then got back to earth, yes. I think I would just, I think I would say, I think I would ask her how her daughter is. I would ask her how she's doing, and I would just, and I would just, I think I would just, Ask her if she has found peace. Um, Whitney was somebody who, whenever I saw her, I could feel that there was a lot of stress. And, um, you know, in the years when I worked with her was, was the early 2000s. And I could feel that there was stress. But one thing that I loved dearly about her, dearly, is that she gave me and showed me her best. And um, whenever we spent time together, whether, you know, with working or at a, um, you know, at a function, she always gave me time, even though there was a lot of people around. She would give me time to talk with her, um, and we'd have real conversations, you know. We love to talk about music. Um, she loved music just as much as I did. Took music very seriously, and we talked about all kinds of music. Man, she and I talked about Abby Lincoln and Betty Carter. I'm like, Whitney, you know those kids? She said, Gordon, please. I'm from New York. I know music. And she said, Shaka was my friend when I was, you know, a teenager, and she told me about jazz. And I mean, I mean, we we talked about one day. We talked about Anita O'Day. We had a whole full-fledged conversation about these jazz singers that I just would never have thought that she knew about. We talked about gospel. She talked about, you know, the day that her mother took her to a Tremaine Hawkins concert in, in, in New Jersey, and that was the day that she decided she was going to go forward and sing professionally. She loved music, and we always had a good conversation about music. So I know if I had 15 minutes with, with Whitney, we would talk about music, and I know that we would pray, because whenever I saw her, we always would have, we, we very often would have some prayer time. She loved to pray, and she was very anointed when she held your hand. And, and touched you, you could feel it was genuine. You could feel that she was a praying woman. And she held my hands in prayer several times. And you know when you, you know when you hold somebody's hand and they're praying, you know when they know and have humbled themselves to, the, to God. You just know right. that. And Absolutely. so that's what I believe we would talk about because that's what we've talked about. I'll tell you, one of my most fondest memories <laughs> Whitney was I was in the studio with her and Bobby hanging out and somehow we started talking about the television theme shows in the 70s and 80s and Bobby and I started singing all these um, singing songs and then she said wait wait a minute I got one I got one for y'all and I said what is it she said early to bed and early to rise and she started imitating <laughs> how she sang there's a new girl in town and love 
feeling good. And it was hilarious hearing her sing the theme from Alice. And she sang the hell out of it. She said she used to love that theme song, and she sang the whole thing. She loved music. You know, I mean, she loved, loved, loved to sing, loved music. And I think that's why she and I had that affinity for each other, because we're, we're two people who greatly loved and respected music. And we often talked about her mother's music. We talked about um, the drinker, the drinker singers, and and Dion, and and I think part of her affinity for me was that I had knowledge and respect for the people in her come up, the musicians that made her who she is, and she knew that I knew where she got her gift from. If I tell you, having spent time with her was just just the most amazing honor of my musical life because growing up in New Jersey, not far from Newark. You know, and seeing her her meteoric rise to fame was, you know, just to, to the stratosphere was something that made me so proud and made me dream bigger. You know what I mean? And I remember going to Sweetwaters with my parents, you know, when I was and going to a Sissy Houston concert and seeing Whitney step out and sing, um, you know, sing a solo within that concert. So I saw her from the very beginning. And that's what I would talk about if I had some time with Miss, with, with, with Nippy again. You know what, I'm, what I'm waiting for? I'm waiting for you to, uh, to put a book out, man. I'm you waiting for you to put, put out a book, a memoir about your, as far as your musical influences and your journey through music. Because yes. you have so many fantastic stories to tell. The, the experiences yeah, the book is coming, yes. Absolutely. The book is definitely coming, yes. <laughs> Yeah, Thank absolutely. you, sir. Thank you. Oh, man, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for honoring us this afternoon. We're going to close right. the show with, with a title track, of course, from the incredible Mr. Gordon Chambers, Surrender, here in the zone Thank you. of Melo Tirano. Thank you, my brother. God bless. God <laughs> bless you. Take care. Absolutely. Same here. Feel me with that 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.